Thanks so much, everybody, for joining the KCAST podcast. I'm Chris Eckenroth. Today, we are in Revelation chapter 16. As always, let's pray before we begin. Father in heaven, we need your Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us. Help us to hear your voice now in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. This voice from heaven seems to be the voice, the one and only voice, God's voice coming from the temple, giving this fearful command. The angels are to pour out their bowls. These are not literal bowls, but symbolic of the seven plagues that we poured out upon the earth. This is soon after. Probation has closed, meaning that the three angels' messages have been proclaimed. In the context of the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ, Fear God, give glory to Him. He is your, our Creator. Babylon, false systems of worship have fallen. Separate yourselves from them and join yourself unto completely only to Jesus. And then make sure, seek after the mark of the living God, the indwelling of Christ as opposed to the mark of the beast. Probation is now closed. God gives the command for these final plagues to be poured out, and they are reminiscent of the plagues of Egypt recorded in Exodus chapter 5 to 12. And these plagues show that relying on futile religion and false religion is futile. And so they are poured out, described as the wrath of God. You know, some might ask and, say, and wonder and say, you know what, why after the close of probation, when there is no opportunity for repentance, why would God permit uh, such a thing to happen to come upon men? Because throughout biblical history, God has allowed natural disasters and permitted them as agencies to bring men to repentance. And we've got all kinds of biblical references, Isaiah 1, 5 through 9, Isaiah 9, 13, Isaiah 10, 5, Isaiah 6, Isaiah 26, 9, Jeremiah 2, 30, Jeremiah 5, 3, I mean, on and on and on, where God permits, He allows natural disasters, even plagues to come, to bring men to repentance. But now, Probation has closed. The opportunity to receive the grace of God, the mercy of Christ, has passed. Why would God then allow this to happen? What is the point? Well, there are several things things that can come out of this. Number one, it leads people to realize that they have been fighting not against any other force, any other being other than God himself. These plagues, number two, also uh, reveal the true hearts of humanity. It reveals the hearts of those who are loyal to God, but it also reveals the hardened hearts of those who have resisted and pushed away the calling and the voice of the Holy Spirit. It reveals their hearts as truly resistant, never wanting or willing to turn to Christ. And number three, these trials lead the saints, those in Christ, to trust more confidently in God. Verse 2. So the first, this is the first angel, went and poured out his bowl upon the earth. 
and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. The Bible talks about a loathsome sore. It makes you think of a boil, a painful boil. Now, these uh, plagues that come, as described in the following verses, they come in succession, one after another, seemingly fairly rapidly, but not all at once. This first plague that goes out is a boil or a loathsome sore. It's, it's painful, but it tells us, just like in Egypt, that these plagues do not come upon everybody. They come upon those who have received the mark of the beast and have worshipped his image. Those who have received the mark of the beast, those who have joined themselves in allegiance and worship of the things that the beast is putting forward. And so just like in Egypt, there in the land of Goshen, man, the people in Israel did not experience the plagues like those in Egypt. So this first plague is a painful sore. Verse 3, then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea. And it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. First plague, painful sores. Oh man, it's painful, very inconvenient. Now everything in the sea, the oceans, the living creatures, the marine life die, certainly getting people's attention. Verse 4, then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Can you imagine if all of the drinking water became unusable, unusable? There's no fresh drinking water. There's no water to be watering plants. All of a sudden, everything is dying. The terrible nature of this third plague apparently calls forth a statement, somebody to come forward and defend God for authorizing this terrible plague. Because notice what it says in verse 5, And I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and is to be, because you have judged these things, verse 6, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. You see, those who receive the mark of the beast, the image of the beast, uh, this false prophet, they have come against the people of God and there have been martyrs. They have shed the blood of God's people. They have persecuted God's people. Next line in verse 6 says this, And you have given them blood to drink. You, the Lord has done this. This is an act of God in retribution, justice, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Verse 8, Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give glory to him. So this fourth plague is uh, a plague of heat. The sun seems to be unrestricted in its heat. It's not killing people. Well, maybe it is, but it's causing great pain because of the great heat. And it's at this point that the people begin to blame God, and their hearts are revealed as they blame God. 
and do not repent and give him glory. It's much like the heart of Pharaoh revealed in, uh, again, Exodus chapter 5 through chapter 12 there, which says the, the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. It just revealed the plagues just further gave an insight into the heart of Pharaoh, also into the heart of those who received and worshipped of the mark of the beast. Verse 10 Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. What's the throne of the beast? Defined or described as the papacy and his kingdom. In other words, those who become part of his organization, his kingdom of false worship, became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. So this fifth plague is a plague of darkness, again, reminiscent of Egypt. It was a darkness that you could actually almost kind of feel and touch. It's maybe a darkness that we've never experienced before, but there's this absence of light. This is especially um, attention-getting, especially in light of it coming after the fourth plague. Such great heat, maybe it's intensely bright, now of a sudden it's intensely dark. There's an absence of light. Is there also an absence of heat? Are they gnawing their tongues because of the pain, because it is now so painfully cold? Verse 11, they blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they did not repent. Verse 12, the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its waters was dried up, so that the way of the kings uh, from the east might be prepared. You may remember that Babylon, literal Babylon, had a river that ran through it. It was its life source. It was also its defense. It was the great river Euphrates. Babylon, this great, uh, it seemed impregnable. I mean, who, who could ever destroy or overcome Babylon? Well, in one night, as the Bible predicted, it was overthrown. How? The waters of the Euphrates were diverted upstream so that the Persians, Medes and the Persians walked right underneath the gate that the water flowed under. They walked on the dry riverbed into the city at night and overthrew it in one night. This sixth plague talks about the river Euphrates drying up. In other words, spiritual Babylon is about to fall. The way of the kings of the east is being prepared. Babylon is about to fall. Verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, the mouth of the beast, and the mouth of the false prophet. These three coming together have been called the false trinity. The dragon, the beast, the false prophet. Commentators have identified these three as the dragon being modern day spiritualism. The idea that you don't ever really die. You can still talk to those who are dead. That idea. The beast, the papacy of the church of Rome and the false prophet, apostate or false or compromised Protestantism. These come together to be this false trinity. Verse 14, For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the whole um, world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. 
working in and through this false trinity, demons go forward performing through men and through all kinds of agencies, great signs and wonders. Miracles are happening. I mean, unprecedented stuff, stuff you read about in the Bible. They're bringing these amazing things to pass. And this is how Satan unites the world, not only the religious world, but the political world, the social world. He brings everyone together as he draws their attention and begins to try to prove uh, his method and his um, agenda by doing great signs and wonders. He gathers everyone together to the battle, the great day of God Almighty. Verse 15, Jesus kind of comes in and says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. All the people of God will be looking for it. But everyone else... It's going to come as a surprise. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, keeps the righteousness of Christ covering them, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Verse 16. And they gather them together to a place called in Hebrew Armageddon. What is Armageddon? Well, you'll discover that there is no geographical place on the map called Armageddon. If nothing else, it is the term used in the Bible to describe the final conflict between uh, this trinity and God's people and a battle that God will win again for his people and his justice and his mercy and his truth will be revealed as it is victorious. Some people believe, differing opinions, that this is a literal battle, a physical battle that will take place there somewhere in the Middle East. Others believe that this is a more of a spiritual battle. This is the idea of Satan gathering all of Babylon the Great together, including the political powers, gathering everyone together. He's gained all the momentum through signs and wonders and miracles, healing people, uh, shiny and flashy angels, false comings of Christ. I mean, all kinds of um, attention-getting miracles. And now there's this showdown, a gathering against God's people, this monumentous moment to try to annihilate and take out. Ah, they are the problem. The false trinity, along with political powers, have come together to destroy the people of God. Verse 17. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven. Remember in chapter 15, verse 8, it said this, The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. No one is able to enter the temple. So a voice comes out of the temple, meaning that this voice is none other than God himself. Out of the temple, from the throne, saying, It is done. Can somebody say, Amen? Those words reminiscent of Christ on the cross, John 19, uh, 30, when Jesus says, It is finished. And he dropped his head as he has given his life the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Again, Revelation 21, verse 6, after the completion of the new earth, the recreation, those words again, it is done. The true character of Babylon, the great, is revealed. It's done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings. And there was a great earthquake. 
This is the seventh plague poured out. A great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake uh, as had not occurred since men were on the earth. This is the ushering in of the second coming. The second coming uh, uh, happens as this second or seventh plague has been poured out. Verse 19, now the great city was divided into three parts. Remember the great city, Babylon the Great, made up of this false trinity, spiritualism, apostate Protestantism, the papacy. They fall apart. Their unity and their power that comes with unity is dissolved. And the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God, remembered for her persecution against God's people, remembered for her hardened heart, heart against the Spirit of God, calling them to repentance and humility, to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Verse 20, then every island fled, fled away, and the mountains were not found. And great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent, about 75 pounds. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since the plague was exceedingly great. And so concludes the seven plagues of Revelation chapter 16. It is after the earthquake there in the plague of the seventh that Christ comes. It ushers in the coming of Christ. In the same way that Israel was delivered from bondage, this place in Egypt led to the promised land. They were delivered through and from the plagues, and then they were led into deliverance. In the same way, God's people will be protected from these plagues. God's people will be delivered from this place. And the second coming will usher in the time when we are taken into the promised land. Oh, not Canaan. But this place prepared, promised by Jesus, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am. There you may be also. What is this all about? It's all about a creator God working to save, redeem, and get his family back together. Friends, we are living in the last days, the final chapter of earth's history. These three angels' messages based in the gospel of Jesus Christ to fear God and give glory to our Creator, to come out of any kind of false worship, and to receive only the mark of God, His ownership and His character in us. This message is now being proclaimed. Probation will soon be closed. May we all be found clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. This is the KCAST podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.